With Adam back in the known galaxy, a still-stranded Ben and Grant share their reactions to the action-packed finale of Ahsoka without their beloved friend. But all is not lost. We've decided to extend our review of the show to next week as well, when the Cantina crew is reunited. Enjoy the first round of our discussion and be sure to join us next week for the medal ceremony, Pillar's checklist, and most importantly, Adam's thoughts. a special one this is the finale of ahsoka we're discussing today this is episode eight the jedi the witch and the warlord sadly adam made it back to the known galaxy ben and i still stuck out here in peridia <laughs> all by ourselves um, so we're, we're potting alone today uh but we're yeah, together so we've got each other and That's we've got a mission and uh you know we're here to here yep. to accomplish it man I'm pumped, man. Like I, I've, you know, I've heard, I've read a few articles. I've, I've seen some coverage of the finale and what people thought. And, you know, there's, there's some people who are, you know, I guess going after some of the, the, the narrative choices and the character choice and things like that. But I actually overall enjoyed the, the series as a whole. And so I not no one episode could really weigh it down for me because there's been so many high points. Yeah. So, um, we'll talk about this episode. There's definitely, I definitely have critiques of, of sort of what happened here, given that, Filoni is lauded as like a Jedi master in terms of the, this, the, the narrative of star Wars. But, um, yeah, I do think there's, there's some issues, but I, overall I liked it. So I, I just want out there first. This is going to be positive coverage. <laughs> so this is a conversation we have a lot offline. It's like, we love star Wars, but we do have private aspirations of working for Lucasfilm someday. So we're trying to keep it like clean, but it's like, we're just like you and it's just media. And so we're constantly like, trying to figure out where that line is i mean but where it's like we're being true to ourselves and true to our listeners and you know and giving like solid content yeah um but not yeah. be saying something that may be problematic to one offshoot oh, but i don't think any of us ever are especially not you grant i think you always back up all, all of your ideas with a lot of thought um and intention and um i really appreciate that and i like pushing you because i i just love your ideas you got great great notes you know so yeah. much about film that i don't so that that out of the way and that out of the way it's like this episode was sort of a downer out of all the episodes it was sort of like so much happened and you're gauging you know where each character's at in in this tra in their trajectories their respective trajectories and you're sort of it, it's coming up short in a couple different areas and so yeah, this episode just didn't hit the way it could have hit in my opinion like the finale really could have been a big special event and i think we can talk about some points of maybe what didn't reach that that expectation for us yeah. but um uh yeah like and i'm happy to dive right into that but i thought some of the lore developments and some of the stuff with like the night sisters and just just, just i thought that stuff was really cool um and then i thought there were a lot of interesting choices yeah. a lot of cool choices um it's just really some of the character work that didn't 
fully, um, I guess, reach the apotheosis of what we thought could right. happen. But again, this is the first first season. So, uh, what did you, what were your well, thoughts on this, the finale, and then the season as a well, whole? Well, so I'm yeah, I'm glad you phrased it that way. Um, I for some reason with this series and this series alone, I wanted to see the full series in its completion from the beginning, from the first episode. It was just hmm. sort of like, yeah, but, and I don't know why I'm not like trying to rate these things. Like, you know, me, I'm a star Wars super fan. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here and happy to get more content. Cause it's always great. And I, and I do think Filoni does a yeah. phenomenal job. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it was just sort of like, I wanted to know what is this thing? Like, what is Ahsoka? Mm. Even before we saw it, I'm like, what is this story um, that they're trying to tell here? What What's the heart of it? So um, yesterday... Well, I think there's a bunch of themes. Yeah. We can, oh, yeah, we'll yes. talk about and maybe, it. Maybe addressing those themes will help us maybe understand what was deflated yeah. or what felt like a letdown at the end of the show, which is... I have major themes here. I've written down some. I mean, like heart versus mind, selfishness versus selflessness are pretty major the master themes. Master and then apprentice. Then there's the mutual dependency, trust yes. theme with yeah. Ahsoka. There's the art of war yeah. stuff with Thrawn. So, uh, victory requiring, you know, carefully to do sacrifices, things like that. And then there's also like, uh, I call it like an add-on theme of like investigating the path of a Jedi or the role of a Jedi, which seems to be an ongoing yes. thing in almost everything that has Jedi character, anything that has a Jedi character in it. Um, and I think like, I think for some of these themes, I almost think that, um, they would have been better supported if there was more of an arc for the characters, right? Like, so in my opinion, I think, again, I've, I've been accused before of being someone who wants like a little darker star Wars, but it's, you know, star Wars also for a broad yeah, audience and it shouldn't just lean dark in any which way, just for the sake of being more, uh, gritty in any way or whatever. But, um, I do think both Sabine and Ezra could have been darker, more frustrated characters. So when you have Ahsoka, the light come back yeah. in the inject herself back into the second part of the show, they can be inspired and actually reach that exact same point where they end at. Like the, the, the she was, so she, she looks so cool, yeah. such an inspiring force yet. And there's so much taken from Lord of the Rings yet they don't take like the dawn of the like look to the east and the dawn of the yes. fifth day moment right. for her like she could have come back like that's the thing i would have lifted if yeah. anything like because she had she looks like you know gandalf she's she could have she comes back if you look at the camera work when she returns into the fold it's very happenstance and it's not mm. this sort of played up um introduction like she doesn't it, it's it's really not it's kind of just she just jumps in a battle and she's back in the picture and it's it, I think there could have been a lot more power to that moment. I think it could have shifted Ezra back to a getting back into the Jedi way. It right. Have, What's his journey? In a new right. Yeah. Too. yeah. That, so, you know, those are, that's something that I thought could have worked better. If they were, if Ezra and Sabine were just tad yeah. bit more emotional. I think you yeah. nailed it, man. I mean, and yes, like, you know, I, I asked that question, like, what is this thing? And, and I can't, you know, I watched the whole thing again and in it, I was like, okay, all right. Cause it's like, you really have to, I think you really have to, consume the series as a whole and i know that's hard to do because it's like yeah. you know six seven hours of programming or whatever but um but it's like you know then you can really feel there is like okay all right there is sabine does go through this thing and you even have to dip back into clone wars a little bit you know people were trying to figure mm -hmm. out sabine sort of like grasping the force and there's actually a line from um kane and jaris and so you know if you haven't watched rebels um sabine inherits the dark saber uh from mandalore and 
and you know pretty much she's convinced she needs to be able to wield it because people are going to be coming for her so mm -hmm. she trains with Kanan and ezra um and ezra's just sort of like i you know are you sure she can do this she's like can she be successful she she doesn't have the force and Kanan Jarrus says no the force resides in all living things um sabine is blocked she needs to be open to it um <laughs> so that that actually said when you look at it from that frame um you sort of can be like okay so it's just some people just have to work harder at it to do it but it's attainable it's just you know yeah. that's just a lot for me to to get, get into it's just like because you're opening this pandora's box again which is like feloni's favorite thing he'd probably call it like expanding the universe um and expanding right. the galaxy and, and and you know the known like the qualities of the force and, and it is that um but that's funny you say that because that's why none of the power creep stuff bothered yeah. me like when she force pushes ezra onto the star destroyer that didn't fully bother yeah. me as much as i've read and listened to and you know heard elsewhere it's like that didn't really bother me at it all. Was it like, was, yeah for me it was like beats. i think yeah. and again episode four and five are fantastic I, I think five and six are fantastic love those episodes um the thrawn reveal all that stuff was just yeah. so good um so the series as a whole i'm i'm positive on and then and this finale is just we'll talk about some of the the, the front just to get done with that but um uh, for me, it's like that didn't bother me at all. It's it's more of that the character developments felt like sharp yeah. pivots rather than earned payoffs. It felt like next episode, as was building a saber after stating, you know, he doesn't use a saber. Yeah. And that's just like one example of Sabine and Ahsoka's relationship. Just it's just never on the rocks. It's always they always come together and they always they always find a way to communicate. And, and basically, there's no real. Uh, friction with them really like well, when, but I they're, mean, the, they're said to be a lot in the past and i almost want to see you almost want to see that flare up in the show but it, right. it doesn't so right i mean well it's like the first three episodes i mean ahsoka is cold as ice to sabine like she's really right. just like you feel the sort of like you know that that she is not doesn't trust sabine at all she's trying to stick to her guns on it she does of course love her but it's like she made mm. this bad decision i think she knows it a bad it's a bad decision everyone sort of regrets it around her hera and um and hu yang and everyone's just like dude like why'd you that was cold like why did you just like give up on your padawan and she feels yeah. like ahsoka acts sort of like you know um she's she's embarrassed frankly by that decision i think but she's like no this is you know and like you said these themes that pop up it's like what is right what is precedented what is right and, and what is right like that that's a common thing back and forth where hu yang is sort mm -hmm. of this font of like he kind of flips it's kind of weird he's like he is like well this is the jedi way this is my programming this is what jedi do and like everyone's bumping up against it like being like that's not great but then it's hu yang who's sort of like well sometimes there's only one decision and you have to make it and it, it may right. feel like right. you know it may yeah. on paper be the wrong decision but it's the it's the decision you have so it's not as simple as like following yeah. the will of the force it's just sort of, you know, I mean, even though it is, but uh, it is following the will of the force, but it, it's sort of just like, yeah, trusting yourself to to do what you have to do. Right. And so, and, and what, what you're sort of alluding to is that Ahsoka does go on her own sort of inward journey in the show to change her, her teaching style and yeah. her relationship to, uh, to Sabine and sort of her perspective on Sabine. Yeah. And, and but like, yeah, you almost want to see uh their relationship almost like an episode i i almost wonder if there was an episode of like 
Sabine and uh, Ezra and then like a Sabine and Ahsoka, like really getting to understand those relationships yeah. and really digging into the learnings that they've had outside of, you know, each other, right? Ahsoka's learnings come from Anakin and Huyang. It's like, yeah, that's great. But I almost want to see a little bit more in terms of them talking about the past, them, uh, Sabine's frustration, Sabine's endless struggle to, you know, grip the, the, to grasp the, the Jedi teachings and the Jedi way. Cause I mean, like there's a lot of comps between Sabine and like Paul Atreides from Dune where he's, he just studies multiple disciplines, but there's so much kind of internal exploration of, of his learning of his um, journey, yeah, you know? And yeah. it's like, I almost wanted that with Sabine. I was like, let's go full Atreides with Sabine where she really is like, Oh, this is, I need to be a Mandalorian for this thing. I need to, Oh, the Jedi say this about this. I should, I should, you know, yeah. do this. And like just something that's, you almost want just more a treatment of, of her studies. You know, if she is in fact training, which she says she is, but that's just her, that's just what she says. I mean, like you almost want to see yeah. that throughout the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that's totally accurate, man. Everything you're saying, I think is totally valid. I think, you know, the choice, I think Filoni really tried to keep it high level and ambiguous. You know, I mean, there's the practical yeah. element of like, well, you've only got eight episodes to tell this story and what is the story you're going to tell? And, but he like really kept things like really ambiguous and high level and it like where you, you have to really dig and, and by dig, I mean, just think about it and, and just, and, and have ideas and, and it's sort of, it's cool because you get multiple answers there. You know, like in order for Ahsoka to be the proper mentor for Sabine, she had to really process what she went through with Anakin and really just like come to terms with that, which I had always thought at this point she had done. Like, you know, I think of her, you know, we think of her as like Qui-Gon, right? Where she just follows the will of the force. But this kind of takes this series shows a different angle on that where she's like yeah no no she was never really she was just reacting she's just been reacting since she left the jedi order and just being this like ronin jedi that like doesn't know her place in the galaxy and it's just doing the thing love the ronin call out oh yeah episode. yeah <laughs> so cool yeah, yeah and you call and again ben i think you called a lot of this and i like last week you were just like yeah. or you know you were like i think they st i think a couple of them yeah. stuck there and i was like yeah, really it was, it was yeah. like you know, purgles, I bet you could eventually just harness a purgle and get back. But um, yeah, it's it's fascinating that they're they're now stuck there, subpoenaing the Ahsoka. Yeah, we didn't um, talk about but, this uh, exact like machination. I think we're like, I think we thought like Ahsoka would have to stay or all of them would have to stay. But it, I think you said Ronin in a new galaxy last yeah, week, yeah. like verbatim. I think she might, I think you said she might stay to be a Ronin in a new galaxy. And Thrawn's like, I, it might be fitting for you to be a Ronin in a new galaxy. I was like, <laughs> Ben is tapped in. I'm ben all is the way tapped in, buddy. In. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But um, uh, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I think what's what's great about Filoni is he offers that sort of like, he, he, I mean, he's just like a smattering of like huge ideas, yeah. like what you're yeah. saying. So it's like, it's it 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 does feel like he's trying to create a lot of high concept, big ideas that sort of like turn into these massive hooks. And we can talk about how there was one hook that I think a lot of us were tracking that sort of didn't it didn't hook as well as it could have. And it, it, like the whole Balin skull oh, journey, God. like yeah. that to me in a way, like that's the kind of thing that maybe you play out a little more just to really get the audience hooked into that yeah. second season. But, uh, 
I mean, it does provide a hook and where he's standing and the location and what that means. But um, you almost want just yeah. a tiny bit more just to get that audience on, uh, you know, on board. I definitely but, um, wanted, but like I, a, also, I wanted a, a finished season, like with a satisfying conclusion at the end and like a, an actual journey. And I, mm. and this, yeah. this wasn't that <laughs> it was like, I mean, it was, I didn't even want to finish. I didn't want that arc to finish for yeah. Balin. I just, I just think like you could yeah, have hooked, hooked me, me hard, in a, hooked in a, you harder. A, given the elements that, that you're with those mortis statues didn't did. do it for you. It didn't go for that potential. Yeah. Yeah. It, there it's there. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry. Like there's, there's definitely a hook there. And I, and I have theories for what that, what's going on there and we'll get into that. But, um, I just want to again, talk positive about Filoni's just creative direction. Cause I feel like he provides that like organic, unquestionable lore driven angle. So like all the new lore that he's created, it's, you know, it's, it's in the same school of thought as George. And so it's like, it feels like just of the galaxy far, far away. It feels of star Wars. And so it's unquestionable. It's like, it's great yeah. lore and it's all additive and you're not like, Oh, this is, this is self-reflexive. This is commentary on previous lore. This is, yeah. you know, uh, some sort of, you know, some sort of contortion or inversion of previous lore. It's like, it's nice that there's just additive lore in yeah. star Wars. Oh, absolutely. Um, he, but I, yeah, but, Filoni yeah, to a fault. Then, like they've given the license, and he always takes it. He's like, "I will build this galaxy further and further with every swing. It, it'll do something else." Um, the other thing that yeah. I'm curious to ask you about is, uh, we know uh, from various documentaries that when Filoni went into this, he had like a little Kurosawa action figure, um, you know, on his yeah. desk, and he was really trying to channel Kurosawa. Do you, I mean, do you think that contributed to this style that Filoni used to create this series? that's funny you say that because i was just about to talk about style and visual style specifically but um no i think it's so i think it's definitely a, a traveling ronin you yeah know, sword sword fighter I, I don't think that it's it's i mean it's clearly a kurosawa character at this point but even um, as how they deliver with all this and how they you know the master and apprentice and the you know did that feel like you know even like another layer down was it kind of was it kurosawa as um well I, you know i think well, it's fa it's fascinating because I don't think the Jedi are entirely samurai anymore, and I think you know I would I've talked about this with you guys all the time in text, but I I wouldn't I'm I'm kind of seeing as the story the canon moves on in the timeline, I'm seeing Jedi move from samurai warriors to kind of like roadside Zen masters. That's what I'm kind of seeing, and it for me it's a little deflating given that like I don't know if we need to scrutinize the Jedi so heavily, given that this is a faraway yeah. galaxy with impossible weaponry. And it's just, it, it, it's got so much flair and kick for set piece moments that, you know, why are we, why is the, why is the rise of the pacifist Jedi of such importance? And will Jit will raise new Jedi order forego lightsabers. Like given what I'm hearing in all of the stories that are moving forward in the timeline, it's maybe no lightsabers in the future. Maybe that's, maybe that's something, you know what I mean? Like, Especially with Ahsoka's line in this finale where she's like, you know, being a Jedi, it's not about being a right saber. I was like, right. <laughs> but except it is for me, kind of. This is a fictional yeah. galaxy, but okay. Yeah, I've yeah, got four it. lightsabers um, behind me. I'm like, it kind of is <laughs> about lightsabers, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just like, it's kind of cool. I yeah, don't know. Like, I, th I think it's going to be an ebb and flow, man. I mean, that's sort of the way it goes. I, I, I'm not that worried about sure. that them, you know, becoming too, like, boringly passive excuse me but they um because i mean this series had a i like that boringly passive what's that it's, it's, 
Yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that didn't sound really like proper English, but here we are. No, no, no. Um, but they, um, to me, because I mean, I mean, how many like lightsaber battles were there in this series? I mean, there was like a million. So many. And, and so they were great. all exactly yeah. what I know you love, which is like one-on-one, you know, like focused, you know, talking, you know, ideology while they're well, like slashing at each other. Like it's, that's the stuff. And so it's just like, well, yes, they're talking about this passivity, but they're also sort of validating the fact that they need to be able to protect themselves to live. Um, right. And yeah. back to just the visual style before we went on the tangent. Um, the uh, I, I really do love a lot of the lightsaber fights in this. But at the same time, when you said that, you know, are you seeing any stylistic comparisons to Kurosawa? Definitely in terms of like aesthetics and costume yeah. design and uh, character demeanor and character attitude. Definitely. Um, and just sort of some of the archetypes he's exploring. But um, I feel like Filoni's locked into that Lucasian sort of like style of, of storytelling and Star Wars storytelling specifically. And I wonder if that hurts when we're in a, in a time where we're, where we've had the last Jedi and we've had Andor and we've had all these really modernistic sort of takes on Star Wars yeah. storytelling where it's almost like I, I it's the, the visual language of the last Jedi and paired with Filoni's sort of lore driven approach to Star Wars is sort of, that's what I dream, yeah. from, dream about from, from the franchise. I just, I think, I think Filoni is just a little classical and it can feel a little dated sometimes. Um, given that we've had these other works that are just utterly gorgeous yeah. and really, really well thought out sort of visuals that go outside just um, sort of classical set piece um, entrances and exits. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, thank you. That's exactly what I, um, what I was wondering. And, and you um, elucidated per- perfectly, but. But the classical entrances and exits, very similar to Kurosawa. Yeah. There is, there is a Kurosawa-ness yeah. to that too. Oh, and I know George, that was a huge influence. Uh, he was a huge influence for George yeah. too. So obviously that's sort of the Star Wars style. Right. We was. don't have George anymore. So it's like, why? I mean, I think so it makes sense. And I don't know if it's Filoni's choice, if it's Kathleen's choice, if it's a choice at all, but it makes sense. Like someone should be beating that drum, you know, someone should be. Well, when Ahsoka returns again, I keep going back to Ahsoka's return. I'm like, this could be a visual, like a big visual yeah. moment, like her boots landing. Like it, there could Are be you talking real. About when she like lands on Gravitas, or yeah, when, no, when she lands, just when Ezra and Sabine are kind of fighting uh, off yes. the yes. And Sabine. Um, bandits, and and she just jumps into, into the, the fraction, and I'm just like, this could be a big moment. They here. had like, the hill right there. They had like, the hill right there. Look yeah. at the Last Jedi, and like look at some of those reveals. Big, big moments in, you know, the the set yeah. piece moments and things like that. It's like these are big and they're visually well thought out, like extremely well yeah. thought out. And uh, like Stevie Edlund's cinematography is just out of control. Yeah, it's just like a wide shot and you just see her like running down a hill. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I, I mean. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. But uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, uh, it, I, that beat still hit me. I, I was still like, oh, yeah, we've got another like Jedi on in the fray and like here she comes. And, yeah. you know, that the one of the magical parts of star wars is the silhouettes where everyone has a very unique silhouette and it's like it could only have been yeah. ahsoka running down that hill into the action um right so i mean it was a choice but i i, I get yeah i get what you're saying that that could have been a powerful beat and yeah and so yeah and so i just feel like um love that feloni is an additive storyteller where i don't question anything he adds because it feels so steeped in the mythology and so um reverent to 
what has come before. Um, but yeah, well, the, the final, I think, uh, gripe I had about this finale was Thrawn. I feel like this is my last little <laughs> yeah. nitpick on the finale. It's Thrawn is like, before we really talk about what we loved, because there's so much yeah. to love. And I, I really want to talk about some of the mysteries that are presented. But um, Thrawn doesn't seem like the master tactician that he was, he, his literary yeah, kind of his version is. And, um, and uh, how I think, and what's surprising to me is like Thrawn's the type of character where people shouldn't even get close to whatever he's trying to achieve. Like he's almost the character you use like parallel action, like silence of the lambs yeah. level. Like they think they're getting close, yeah. but they're nowhere near. You like, don't almost, see the walls closing in around you, right? You don't even know they're there until you're in a box right. and you're you like, don't oh, even know he's halfway across the planet somewhere else. And he's leaving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like by the time they actually get to, they're going to open this last blast door after fighting Morgan and they go through it. it Thrawn's the type of type of character that like is somewhere else on the planet and it's like oh you thought i was there but i'm not and i'm leaving by yeah. you know what i mean it's like almost like it's almost too close and for him to put like two stormtroopers in that docking bay well like at the oh, very the end there was like that's like yeah i guess there was the 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 night troopers but he was being economical i would have put, put like an entire yeah. you know but he he needs all his fighters right for his next campaign in the galaxy so he's being very economical and that's been it that was a common theme throughout the story that's a good defense i like that, that yeah, helps. yeah. <laughs> I, I think so the the thing with thrawn and and what is lore accurate like with the zon thrawn um is that thrawn is a master tactician and can do all those things to everyone that doesn't have the force but he but like force yeah. sensitives he just can't he he can't account for it he can't quantify it he can't be tactic around it and what they tried to say is that in this case he was he did a better job and ultimately was victorious because he knew anakin skywalker and his methods he was able to you know i guess put enough roadblocks in between um and, and stay on like just on ahsoka um to prevent mm -hmm. her from stopping him now he thinks he got a clean getaway, but to me, I mean, he didn't know that Ahsoka, I mean, uh, Ezra was on that ship and was able to come back with him. So he, I mean, he thinks no one knows he's there and, you know, and, and everything's going to be fine, but Ezra's knows everything and, and can, you know, rally the troops. So I think yeah. that's the point is that like, yeah, Ezra, yeah, yeah. Thrawn is like tactically perfect until he runs into the force. And then that's where he knows he gets tripped up. Yeah, it's a really good defense of, of sort of some of my critique of, of his tactics because it seems like this is the yeah. one thing you, you almost cannot plan for and just throw as little as few resources as possible at yeah. those situations just like you're saying to create a roadblock yeah. to you know put stoppage on the clock yeah and he them. didn't want to have yeah. to do it you know it was only like as necessary he was like you know we're i mean although i i feel like he probably could have gotten off that planet a little faster if he wanted to they they were loaded in the episode seven but um yeah it was like you know all right well i'll sacrifice some ground troops and then like the ground troops got got mowed through because they had three jedi like coming through them um which was powerful and then he's like okay he has he sacrificed morgan elsbeth and I, I, that i think is going to bite him in the butt at some point um right because he says for the yeah. empire the security of our galaxy and then she's like for Dathomir. And I was like, oh, okay. Like the great mothers and Thrawn may not be tied yeah. so closely. Uh, once once that, that deal's yeah. over now, like you can see he took them to death, the witches to Dathomir. Yep. And we'll talk yeah. about what's in the crates. Um, 
But yeah, I think that deal's over now. And I, I can't imagine those three um, great mothers were, or, you know, great, I don't know what their title is when you're like, yeah, yeah they're great mothers. Like yeah. what they, um, what they, you know, how they feel once that's done and, and how about in sacrificing yeah. Morgan Elizabeth. I mean, they essentially made her a demigod and then he just like used her like, you know, just. I know they gave her a Chris knife and everything. They yeah. were like, <laughs> here's a <Yeah>. maker. <laughs> <laughs> that that blade was yeah. cool. I, no, the the sword of Talzin or blade of Talzin, yeah. really cool. Oh yeah, we probably saw um, that in um, Clone Wars at some point. Oh maybe maybe it was uh, yeah. maybe yeah. Um, I thought that Talzin was kind was of odd. Just like fa- and they're like and now we fabricate you a sword. Have some. Um, but it's you know very much parallels yeah. um, the Jedi and from that you know that legend stuff you sent me earlier. It's like the you know early witches of Dathomir were um, banished Jedi. So. Um, well, yeah, I legends, think legends, but, right? So, but yeah, but, um, but, but yeah, we'll see what in. happens. Um, I, I, yeah. um, so yeah, so let's talk about what we liked about this, this, this finale and just the series as a whole. Um, obviously we talked about Filoni's lore and everything he creates is, yeah. is really, really special and, uh, and hopefully will operate in future stories. Um, but a uh, Balin skull, like the coolest yeah. character on screen in like yeah. years, basically like. Um, one of the most fascinating and complex and just rad characters to, to ever, you know, in Shin, obviously it's it's so heartbreaking and you got to think he's going to be recast. Um, some people are saying leave Shriver would be a good thing. You know, it's like poor Ray Stevenson's not even cold yet on the ground, which is so, you know, I hate even talking about it, but I mean, it was like such a masterful, I, I wanted to watch that character forever. Like I just, he was, he was so good in that role and the character was so good. It was great. Um, and Shin Hati too was like, yeah. you know, it, it, it was a so new cool. take on the apprentice yeah. and where I think she's going to play a major role in the next season. If we get the next season, which I guess let's for the sake of being, uh, Oh, we're definitely, that, there's yeah. no way we're not. Yeah. It feels like, season. like, you know, uh, Filoni was like the only way I'm doing this is if I can get multiple seasons and can write to that. Cause I mean, he definitely, you know, <laughs> you could sort of tie in these hanging things later, yeah. but it would be such a criminal thing if you didn't get the like full story on the you know on the big screen or right or uh, you know on a well i think we i think we're i think it's probably gonna go full lord of the rings that second season uh, too where it's you know really dealing with some you know ancient sources of power things like that um oh, yeah, yeah but uh that's what it looks yeah. like that's what it looks oh, like i didn't even take but, the, um, that metaphor like that far but you're right we could get the two towers and sort of realize the full depth of the corruption of the force and sure um, yeah, also, um, you know, uh, Balin's skull is looking out at a giant mountain that's kind of gleaming red at the top or gleaming orange yeah, at the top. Yes, you I see did. That? And, and yeah. Do you want to talk about that now or do you want to talk about other things? We um, I mean, this is what I love. <laughs> it, there'll be plenty of time yeah. to talk about that. Well, I wanted to say, so Easter eggs have started popping out and there's two and one will address what you're yeah. talking about. Um, one is that there is a, uh, LED wrist thing that Balin Skull has yes, on his right yes. wrist and it's names yeah. in <laughs> Arabish and uh the names are Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, C3PO, R2D2 and Ben. Like in a little list on his like wrist. Yeah. And it's like is that just a little like oh congratulations you deciphered Arabish or is it like is it a reverence list is it like if i see these people and you know he's a mercenary is he supposed to kill those people sure are those the like are those the top you know at targets for him to 
to destroy. What if it's just the art department asking Dave Filoni yeah. where they should put Orabesh on his armor and what it should, should say? And he should say, like, have it be like the most pivotal yeah. characters to the Star Wars canon. And so fans go I crazy. Think, yeah. And then laughs and walks away. I, yeah, I think there's probably um, a more than 50% chance that's the case, but it, like it could be more. Okay. And it's like, and, you know, I mean, or it's a sign that they're coming, you know, for that. Or he's, yeah, or he's a time traveling hitman or something. And it's like, that's, that's, well, I just can't they're see They're all that alive being at this point and flourishing all those characters. So, you know, uh, oh, so they're active. Like you just want, well, why did he leave the galaxy if those, those that's his mission? That's well, because you know what comes next. So the, that, so he's on the finger, right? That like, I forget what, right. Of the, of, of the, the father. father. Yeah. And it's pointing. <laughs> and if you look in the distance, there is this yellow flame above a mountain in the distance, exactly where um, that statue is pointing. And yeah. And for people who didn't watch Clone Wars, the, the Mortis beings are basically these godlike characters in the galaxy, uh, in the universe. And they are basically like each an embodiment of the force. The father sort of represents the arcane sort of like you know, force itself and the daughter represents the light side of the force and selflessness and the son represents the dark side of the force and selfishness. Yes, and the father sort of and, maintains balance between those two. Right. The now, father's almost. Yes. Yeah. So figure. in that, so there was a mortis arc in, and we don't have to go through this whole thing, but yeah. I, I <laughs> explained to, this just, to my wife, like at the end of that episode. And I was just like, well, actually like the full Charlie day, like, and, like, and this happened and this happened. So, I'll just say they all. There was an arc. It was, it was Obi Wan, Anakin, and uh, and Ahsoka that went that mysteriously like vanished and ended up on this land of Mortis, with which every day is a calendar year, you know. And then ultimately things go side, you know. And it was there to have Anakin be the father, like the father wanted to step down. Right, right. Give, that was the that was what the Mortis deities wanted they wanted anakin to stay on mortis and become this yeah. new figure of balance because he's the chosen yeah. one take the father's place uh what happens is there's the, the brother just goes crazy and basically lets loose all this rage and uh, basically attacks everyone and, the and, and corrupts ahsoka and then ahsoka dies and then the oh. the sister uses her last breath to save Ahsoka and basically there's like almost like an essence transfer of the sister into Ahsoka and now uh, the sister's sort of like convoy like convoy, bird that yeah. would follow around it looks the like a barn owl that is, was that white barn owl is yeah. basically now following around Ahsoka making me think that the sister is still tied to Ahsoka in yeah, a major daughter, way yeah. uh the essence of the sister likely still being inside yeah. Ahsoka in some interesting way yeah which begs the question yeah. Um, sort of, will we see a brother esque situation with Balin at That's some what, point? So I'm wondering. So ultimately, yeah. at the end of the Mortis arc, they all die: the father, the son, and, and the daughter all right. die. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, so it's it's an empty world at this point. And so that someone pointed out: so that flame that was above that temple in the distance on Mortis, yes. that, that's exactly the flame that was above the the father's temple on Mortis. That's so it's very a, interesting. Yeah, because yeah. there's a couple locations we see on Mortis that that create a lot of sort of questions in my mind. Um, one of which is that there's a sword on Mortis mm. that is basically like in this circle, this the, on this altar that is wreathed in green oh, fire. Yes. Uh, green fire we saw a lot of in this episode with the the witches of Dathomir. I'm wondering if 
the witches of Dathomir and that green fire is connected to that sword. And, you know, obviously we saw the sword of Talzin here, but it, it was a different sword. Um, but uh, I'm wondering if that green fire is connected to them in some way. And if the sister is connected to the Dathomir in some way, just given the color coding. Yeah, but, that's um, an interesting point. I mean, it, but, it very, yeah. so the, the whole plot point with that sword on Mortis was that it, it was the only thing that could kill or it's a, that could control brother. or kill the, yeah, the brother and, and like, yeah. and all of them. So it, I'm wondering if the sword of Talzin is the same sword. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't know. Mm. I think that's that could be like a canonized, or I guess it's still yeah. canon. It was Clone Wars canon. But this action. is a I don't know, more live action. Because yeah, what happened to that sword? It must just be buried under uh -huh. all the rubble of that of that uh, fortress, right? Right. Yeah. So it looks like a mountain in the distance that Balin's looking at, but it could very well be a temple, like you're saying, with the, the sort of fire at the top or the gem it at looks the top like the or whatever it is. Temple, you know. Okay, that's interesting because to me, uh, there's another location on Mortis I I thought that is that Balin's searching for, which is the the font of the fount of the dark side or the well yeah. of the dark side well is in side, on Mortis yeah. too, and yeah. that's orange. Like that is yep. this this burning fiery kind of location, and that's kind of what it looks like in the distance there with Balin. Could that be the well of the dark side? The well of you know the power of the dark side. Yeah. He's searching for power, and then you know. To me, I'm thinking so. I'm thinking Filoni is trying to get towards this arc where it's like Balin represents the brother and Ahsoka represents the sister, and then you're telling me Balin won't be able to see Anakin's ghost if he appears, you know, between them while they're fighting. Like I bet yeah. he'll be able to see that ghost too, and basically, yeah, Anakin can then act as the father and sort of pay tribute to what was always the planned intention of the Mortis gods, which was for Anakin to act as the father at some point or be the father. Yes, so, I, that's, that's I kind agree. Of I, I think, and yeah, to that end, I, I first of all, I agree with the ending, and that's sort of what I thought too, because obviously we had Anakin show up um, in awesome blue light form. <laughs> yeah, at, bet, at another, the end. another really, that's giving you more points too, because you were like, that Force vision, like that was definitely Anakin, right? I'm just yeah. like, oh man, I, thought, I, think it was, I think it was the Force, but now it seems like Anakin really is a vested interest in Ahsoka, and he's there. He's very much there. Yeah. Yeah, Rosario had my back on that. The next day, he's like, bro, I'm with you. That was definitely Anakin. <laughs> you, you said just that. Kind of, oh, man. Yeah, um, which is so funny. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think I, I, based on what Balin had said in like episode six and seven, where he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to change the wheel. I'm going to do all that. Yeah. I think he wants to be the father. I think he, because hmm. we know that like the he wants to become a Mortis God and probably the father because like they control the balance of the force in the galaxy. And I mean, maybe he does want to tip it one way or the other to like, cause we know he wants to break the cycle. Right. Mm. And, and only a, like that is the peak of the force mountain, right. Is becoming a more mortis God. Um, yes. So I, that's what I think he wants to do. That's great too. Cause that could lead to a really fun visual of like his eyes going black and like the blue pupil and like that you know that sort of stuff that that the father looks crazy like the father looks awesome and you have that yeah. interesting cowl maybe that's a part of becoming the father i don't know but um no that could be cool because that is the ultimate power when you're talking about ultimate power it's yeah the father really because he's you, it seems like he's the the sort of strongest one of the three yeah, I mean, and I mean, so you've got a trinity of women there, right? You've got Shin Hati, you've got 
Sabine and you've got, you know, Ahsoka. Yes. But then you've got the two men, right? You've got Anakin, which I'm considering as a character now, and then Balin Skull as well. So I'm wondering sort of how that shakes out. But I could see a a way where like Ahsoka, Anakin, and Balin sort of assume the roles of of the Mortis gods again. You know, right. That's that's sort of what I was theorizing. Yeah. yeah. And and when we hear we think about in Rise of Skywalker, we hear the voices. Uh, mm. Ray hears the voices, and Anakin says, "Bring balance to the Force like I did." And so it's like that could mean like well he temporarily balanced the Force when he chucked the Emperor down the well, um, or it could mean something more like maybe he actually. You became the father and brought balance to the force literally um mm. and you know and then we hear and we hear ahsoka's voice as well you know maybe this is all coming from peridia um, oh <laughs> that's yeah that's wild okay i mean i'm interested i i, I hope ahsoka and sabine get back in the second season somehow but um that is interesting ahsoka needs would... a grand exit you know like her maybe you know getting on the boat and you know sailing off to Illuminor is her ending right that's interesting because um yeah for a film like the last jedi to for that title to be as affecting as it is and as powerful as it is i think every all the jedi need to be cleared off the map yeah you know before the time of the first order because it it really feels more powerful if there's if luke truly is the very last Jedi, right yeah well i mean and then ray obviously obviously ray is yeah you know uh, but you know what i mean i do i do but i i think jedi is a doctrine it's just sort of that's another thing this series showed us which i really like is sort of like like ahsoka is not a jedi right you know the only the closest thing to a jedi they have is hu yang because he knows the doctrine but she right. doesn't she's like no i left the order i'm no longer a jedi i had a great master but right. i'm not um but i I'm, i don't i don't consign myself to that doctrine anymore um which is you know very qui-gon of her and like and balin and shin don't identify as jedi either and right. you know uh neither does yeah i guess um probably ezra does he was he you know that's kind of a cool part for him right where he says you know, Kanan was my master. Yeah. Or I learned to build it for my master. It's like he really did take his tutelage as official Jedi training, yeah. you know, or, you know, so he really does, I think, buy into the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, now, so you've got to resolve, like, do Ezra and Luke meet? Like, they're both Jedi and they're both out there. Does Ezra have to fully sacrifice himself at some point, you know, to, to really clear the deck for Luke to be the last Jedi? Like, does he? Well, maybe Ezra isn't a Jedi anymore. Is what I'm thinking. You know what I yeah. mean? Maybe because of all his his ten years with the No T oh, and sort right. of being labeled a Boken, Boken Jedi by yeah. Balin. It's like yeah. he's he he actually being called a Boken Jedi actually allows him not to be the oh, last Jedi yeah. in any way. Yeah. So it's like, or to, to take up space in that yeah. label. But it's like, I don't know. I hope he doesn't have to die. I hope he's still in the galaxy or something. Like that would be fun. I think you could. There's so and I loved yeah. the lightsaber fighting with Ezra. I thought Ezra was captivating in this episode. He was just like gliding across the floor, like yeah. cutting stormtroopers in half, cuts a death trooper's head off. And like, there's a Hitchcockian sort of like yeah. hide the violence, like the head rolls off, yeah. uh, you know, in the, the background, in the background at some point. I like loved the Ezra stuff. Yeah. That was so good. No, so I just, yeah, that, want more Ezra. um, Fondi, I think is his last name. Or, um, he's a fantastic, so actor. Good. he's exactly like, oh, and I, so much charisma, great directing too, because he just like, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly 
what I would imagine Ezra Bridger would grow up to be. And he still has that like sense of joy about him. And it's just like this youthfulness. And it's just like, he's very much a Jedi. Like he's actually a really well-formed, like he grew up and he, you know, and he's not bitter and all those things. Which, and it's just kind of, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting though, because having watched Rebels, there is a darkness inside yeah, Ezra he kinda, he resolves. that we all know about his yeah. fans. He's yeah, he does resolve. Obi Wan Kenobi resolves, um, and I think maybe all maybe the Darth the stint with Darth Maul helped him resolve yeah. that. He's like, but, you know um, what? That's not good. It's I'm like, not going to do that. There is a well of darkness there. I just I wonder if it, it does feel pretty resolved in Rebels, but because um, he's he's much more of a commander at the end of Rebels, yeah. he feels like he's really leading the, the team at the end. You know, when but, um, when his master dies, he you know he. He has his own, you know, it's not really apotheosis, but he, he becomes a full knight, I think, and understands what it means mm. to be a Jedi. And, you know, and all the thing, everyone, things everyone around him sacrificed. And he realized, like, no, 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 they, this family, these people, this is what's most important to me. And I mean, he learned that from Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, um, and you know, yeah. and it, he had a rough go around with Maul. Um, so, I, th- yeah, I think he's he's kind of open and shut that. And now we're just seeing, like, fully actualized that's everything. good yeah. also so i mean as far as favorite parts go i mean who yangs yeah, let's do it with like with oh like yeah Ezra raiding oh you, you love the lightsaber construction oh, yeah scene. they I, like, I mean awesome. don't love how they're just sort of glossing over like oh yeah there's kyber crystals everywhere don't worry like i would show me yeah, the drawer yeah, with yeah i wanted to talk about that like is that just he just who yang just has yeah. a few like yeah. extras i think i think that is but love it's it. like show me a drawer with like a hundred like <laughs> Kyber crystals or like maybe they're all like in this really cool yeah, you know so, like nesting uh, egg situation yeah. and it's like and he pulls one out that's where the whole character development feels like sharp pivots versus earned payoff because you almost want him to open a drawer yeah. like look at the kyber crystals and then like he's like which one calls to you or something and maybe you hear like kanan's voice yeah. from one of them or something and it's like bang or, or like, a, yeah a new jedi something. we've never heard of before be like second. oh yes he was a very wise jedi and, and went through this this and this and like we got a little like they're toying with how old who yang is and i don't think they really they kind of say it in earlier on he's like i've trained every jedi and like people just gloss over that like what like no that no one stops and is like what do you mean every jedi <laughs> and 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 he's yeah. like no i mean every jedi <laughs> like i'm and and like we do get the line from ezra where he's like how old are you and he's like old enough to know that blah 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 <laughs> but it's like no like he's you know they're just flirting and being coy with the the, the fact that he's twenty five thousand years old um well, he, he does bring the Jedi to find their kyber crystals. That's like his yeah. whole thing, right? So like any Jedi that's gone through that rite of passage has met yeah. Huyang. And so and he helps. it's weird that he says train well, them because I guess the lightsaber combat training. He, yeah. does, he does know all the forms. He's kind of like the officiator I'm being loose with on all the terms. I mean, I, I think he says I helped every Jedi construct their lightsaber, oh, okay, okay. Um, which he did. Um you know, which is just fascinating. Yeah, that's yeah no, and then awesome. he's like, I had two of these. And like, you know, and then one was Kanan's emitter. And it, it actually like that emitter is my favorite emitter in the like. Series. It's like the, it's like, yeah, the Wakazashi. It's yeah. like an actual like, like a samurai yeah. sword. Like, I've just so been following and cool. in, in, like after playing Survivor, you can construct sort of a, uh, a version of Kanan's lightsaber. And it's like, it's a pretty classic design where it actually has color on it. It's like green which a lot of them are just like silver and black. And it's just like, it's a really cool design. And so his is like a little Obi-Wan and a little, um, and a little Kanan. Um, it's kind of, it's a cool design. 
I can't wait to see. It I, is uh, cool. I just went to uh, Kentucky this past week, and um, I want to talk to you and Adam about it. But I met this guy that has access. First yeah. of all, the school was amazing, but he has access to all these 3D printers and stuff. And he makes every, okay. it, like with resin, he like 3D prints all like pretty much every lightsaber. Okay, he's cool. he's making Balin and um, Shinhatis now. And I'm like, you got another, like in the. Can I get a Porter Angle oh, over here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, I kind of want to bring him on the show and uh, talk to him. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, we talk about lightsabers. We can yeah. talk, we, I mean, we spend like 30 minutes talking about lightsabers every episode. <laughs> might as well have an actual person. Who I just sort of adore it. Yeah, exactly. And like how you get into that. So I might do that, but, um, yeah, he's got another one and I can't, yeah. you know, and obviously there's a lot of makers that make these. So I'm looking forward to Ezra's one, but, um, you know, Ezra's new one. Um, but I, I love the way I love how much, he I almost pulled the trigger on Sabine's lightsaber the other day. I saw it online mm-hmm. and I was like, I like that lightsaber oh, quite great. a bit. And I, I actually think Sabine is one of the coolest characters to be on screen in a while as well. I would say like, you know, Balin, Shin, Sabine. I love Ahsoka. I almost wish the character, um, you almost wish there was more Ahsoka in Ahsoka to like yeah. really get some more from her in, from yeah. the series. And, uh, and, um, you know she's extremely zen in the series so it's like i i want to just i i would just wish there was a little bit more complexity to the character whereas i think like sabine is an incredibly complex character very very yeah. kind of uh, furious in battle um and and just just all around cool and uh i love her lightsaber i love the blasters I love when ahsoka's like use your blasters during the fight with the the night yeah. troopers and she like whips out the blasters and like just takes out a bunch of them and like I kind of love moving between blasters and lightsabers. And then she dual wields with it. Like she goes between wielding a lightsaber and then dual wielding blasters. Like I've never yeah. seen that. Before. And using the force, Ever. like she force throws like yes. three troopers yeah. at one point. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. I, I bet. Yeah. And I, you know, I do love Ahsoka in this episode and I do love that moment where Ezra like pulls two night troopers and Ahsoka just cuts them in half and the camera dollies in, like pushes in. And I'm just like, this is the best shot. That might be the Utini shot for me, honestly, either that or Thrawn with the ties. But, um, yeah, I just, I, Ahsoka is incredibly cool. I just, I just can't wait for season two because I almost want just, I want to see what this, what's going on with Balin and and how she's evolved like that's almost the part of the story that you're you're wanting to see and you felt like was just was just briefly teased when she lands on the planet and just fights him quickly um you almost want that that their their battle of the wits their ideologies are so interesting that i feel like if if we just got to if ahsoka then sort of gets to really lay into him about you know what it means to be an honorable warrior yeah you know, something you know like at some point that would be really great that was so yeah and, and because their their ideologies aren't that far off like they're they're a lot more the same no. and they are different but he does have this yeah. i mean he's a fanatic really um but we just don't know right. what he's a fanatic about he just kind of right yes like he admires the he jedi had but a little bit more breadcrumbs in terms of what is he chasing and is he selfish in this endeavor? Is this a selfish endeavor that he's chasing this power and yeah. wants this power? Is he going to use it for selfish reasons or is he using it for the betterment of the galaxy? Is he like, is there a Thanos reasoning? Right. Like what is his reasoning? Like it's, it's just kind of interesting to, to, to think about yet. We don't really know. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, I love Sabine. I love Ezra. I love all that stuff The the blocking, the action blocking, yeah. it was great. Um, little camp, like a tad bit camp this episode, like just the zombie troopers just felt like a little, 
I thought it was great. I don't know. It was great. It was cool. It was just like a, it was a lot at once, but it was it was. Cool. Yeah, we could talk about that because it's like, how zombie are these troopers? How many of those are zombie troopers? Are they all zombies? Can they still use comms when there's like just animated corpses? Because I mean, we've seen precedent of raising the dead. I mean, this is the coolest thing that the Death Demirians do. They can raise the dead. Yeah, they're usually just sort of like mindless warriors, but maybe these are a little more mindful. Um, and you sure. know, and. Oh gosh, we have so so we're at like fifty six minutes, and I'm like we haven't talked about the like what's no, in it's the fine. Box. I don't I don't even think it's camp really. Yeah. I think it's it's I just I think it's meant to be genre in that yeah, moment. Yeah, it's meant yeah. to be a zombie movie yeah. in that moment. It's totally fine. I'm just saying like uh, it's an interesting blending of tones where you're you're really talking like it, this the blending of tones in this series has been wild. We've gotten some of the most interesting sort of introspections about the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten some really fun comedic beats with Huyang and Sabine. And then, uh, we've gotten some like just genre moments, like these zombie troopers and things like that. There's like a real, and then, and then real sort of, uh, tactical war film stuff with, with Thrawn and sort of like strategic yeah. planning, things like that. Um, just a real cool blend of themes. I think it's just a lot of themes going yeah. on. And so it's just, yeah, it's <laughs> or a lot of tones going on. So it's just. That that was just interesting, but um, is there an army of the dead now? Is that what the caskets are? Is it is it is, does Thrawn now have uh, an army of the dead so, to wield in the known galaxy? So at first, I thought that like those whatever those caskets were were for Thrawn, but I'm not so sure anymore because I, I hmm. think I think they might be for the Dathomirian Night Sisters. Like I think they might be dead witches, and maybe Thrawn will be able to use them, and maybe not. But I. I seem like because his first stop is Dathomir, I wonder if that was like, you know, his payment was the Night Sisters were going to get him home. But like his mm. payment to them is like, well, if we can take my full, you know, Star Destroyer, I can carry all your, you know, people back with you. Because he mm. says a line um, early on in the series where he's like, you know, or they're, they're like that, you know, thank you for waking us up or something where he like, he actually animated those night sisters, those great mothers. Mm, and also right. I noticed, you know, in the first, um, and I don't, I couldn't find the name of the planet, but the first tomb raiding that Ahsoka does in the first episode, she yeah, looks yeah. around the walls and she's like doing all that, like, you know, um, Indiana Jones stuff. Yes. Um, those three night sisters on the wall are the great mothers that we see there. Like they're ancient, ancient. Because they okay. even have the little orbs in their hand. That's right. Those little so orbs. So it's like, yeah. So they're ancient people. So I, I think they, you know, have their own, you know, th that's going to be part of the next series, I think, is whatever their motives are as well. So I'm not sure yeah. if those caskets, I think my bet is dead witches. I think those are witches that are going to be reanimated and they will repopulate. Um, or maybe they're all great mothers and they will repopulate Dathomir. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, I, I they could be, they could be witches. They could be just Dathomiri warriors, yep. like look similar to Maul or something yep. like that. Like that could be great. So it's like really bringing a lot of cool Dathomiri characters back in and have like sort of a, an army for the witches to wield. Maybe not Thrawn to wield. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I, I'm yeah. I mean, it seems like Dathomir is going to be a big part of this this next part of the story with in the Mandoverse, which is yeah. very cool. Yes. Like that is very cool. Cause I think we needed something else besides the new Republic. It's like, we kind of were hanging our hat in a lot of new Republic moments yeah. in Mandalorian. Let's just, let's get into, 
let's have more, you know, remnant Imperial stuff. And then let's bring in some, you know, witches of death, Amir. Like that's another fun, you know, uh, antagonist for the series, um, for this, this, this universe or this, this part of the timeline. But, um, yeah, I, I thought that that was cool. Um, the sort of them raising the dead, that moment was so eerie. Yeah. The, the music I think changes there. That was cool. Um, what else? Um, well, you know, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what the great mothers do yeah. now that when they get back to the galaxy. So that'll be cool. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, okay, now you've you've done Mandalorians again and they've done Dathomirian witches again. It's like, I think we need to start investigating new races of, you know, of aliens and sort of, we need to create something new that's cool as well. It's, you know, it, it'll be hard, but it's not impossible. But um, I'd like to see some new stuff, you know, new creatures. I do think it's incredibly stuff. genius to use the Dathomirian witches as, as the this sort of mystical energy from beyond the known galaxy, because there's lots of moments. I think there's even like Palpatine has always sensed something, yeah. you know, outside their galaxy. And it's like, it makes sense that if it's like these yeah. great mothers and this threat well, of fate, like that makes yeah. great, that makes a lot of sense. This is perfect. Like, the world yeah. building smart. It's, it is smart world building. It's super fun. I'm just ready for something else. Like it could have been Zepho or whatever, but it wouldn't have hit as hard as death and, you know, as night sisters. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, it could be the Maxines, like something like that. Bring some new thing that pe- that is going to suck new viewers in, and and you know, please old ones. And um, I don't know, I'd like to do that. Um, one more thing I want to talk about is Shin Hati, yeah, and like the tragedy of Shin Hati. Like, I think she was supposed, like I think Balin wanted her to go with with uh, Thrawn and return, um, and and because he's like yeah. he says something like to the tune of your ambitions give you a path that's apart from mine. And it's sort of like, she has these power ambitions. Um, that's like only briefly, briefly, briefly talked about, but I, I think he thinks like, if this is what you want, follow, you know, follow Thrawn. He even says like your place is in the new empire, Yeah, yeah. you know, all this kind yeah. of stuff. And, um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Cause it does feel, it does feel like maybe she should have gone on the eye of, Eye of Scion right. back to the galaxy because it seems like that's what was being set up. But now I wonder if um, if that was a, a reshoot basically when she shows up at the bandit camp because you know maybe have maybe Filoni knowing that he won't be able to right. sadly won't be able to continue his story with um, right. Ray Stevenson's Balin Skull. He's he might have to have Shin Hati sort of move into that narrative space and continue that quest. And um, it just feels like. Maybe that wasn't what was set up, yeah. but that's where things ended up. So, which is cool. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think that's fine. I think it's like, I think it's really cool that Shin Hati would be like, oh, I miss my master so much that I want to go yeah. find him. I, I can't, you know, even maybe deal with some attachment stuff there that can echo into Sabine and Anakin and all that other stuff too. Yeah, so. she probably doesn't, she doesn't trust witches, which is so funny. She keeps being like, witches. Yeah. And, More witches. witches. And everyone's like, what? chill. Yeah. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, she doesn't even know Thrawn and she doesn't have really any attachment to the emperor. I mean, to the empire. So she, I just, it makes sense that she's just like, well, I don't really want to do that. Like I don't have any home there and without my master, I'm nothing. And so, She's just like really pure Ronin right now, which obviously leads to some great things, but like that's a little yeah. heartbreaking. She's just like, I've been cast out by my master. It's like, a, she's a lost puppy. And I'm confused about the Padawan braid as well. Yeah. Because why even, why even do like make the braid 
unless you're going to have a rite of passage to then cut it and yeah. basically like if your master is never going to see you again right why not cut it then don't you think he would knight her before he goes like, yeah you know what i mean yeah. like something you're already following it this close you know to the actual dogma wouldn't there be a moment where like there's some sort of evolution for her character yeah and, that's and, a really I, good there's point. just some weird i have some interesting i have some questions about just like why he's training her so closely to the actual school of thought when he's going to leave her and just sort of like abandon the entire training process. It, it's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, to me. No, that's that. a really good point. Cause it's like, is she just a Jedi fangirl and she just did that on her own? Or is this, I mean, it could be Balin is like, I can, if I controlled the Jedi, I would do it differently, but there's certain vestiges he would hold on to. And it's this master and apprentice role. Like he agrees with that. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's something else there. I mean, that's, I think more likely for me is that, you know, Balin thinks he can just do it better. Yeah, I trained you to be something more, right. which is so tantalizing and cool. Like, I love that line. Yeah. What does that mean? Right. Uh, obviously, it means like she doesn't. You know, she she's always going to show force and attack or whatever. But yeah. um. Anyways, we're running a little long. Um, yeah, I have an idea. Um, I you know, yeah, I, I do want to go through the medal ceremony, and I and yep. we also want to do another thing with um. With the pillars where I think, you know, we're going to go through and we're yeah. actually going to do um, sort of a, a little rating thing with the pillars. And, you know, I guess it's more for us than anyone else, but how many pillars yeah. we checked off. But I think why don't we wait till next week when we've got Adam back to do both that. of those yeah. things, because I want to get his take okay. on all this. And um, so we'll do a little wrap, another full wrap next week and then uh, move on to something else. And then um, probably in two weeks. Um, I'd love to cover uh, Rise of the Red Blade, that book, um, because it's yes. fantastic. Yeah, Delilah Dawson's Rise of the Red Blade. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. That would be great. So we'll be doing that, I think, in, in two weeks. And um, next week, I think maybe we'll have a little interstitial episode where we do a wrap about everything that's been going on um, in Star Wars around the Ahsoka series that we haven't really got a chance to talk about. No, totally. Yeah, so I mean, good. Skeleton Crew, Acolyte on the horizon. So surprised there was no, like, I thought, well, maybe that's who's coming to save Sabine and Ahsoka is is Jude Law. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that's the ride, you know. Yeah. I'm wondering, but um, that would be so fun. Uh, yeah, we've got lots to talk about. There's uh, comics. We're, there's so much. Um, anyways, are we, so medal ceremony this week, or you want to wait? I think, for Adam? Let's wait for Adam for both of those things. Okay, because um, that, that'll be right. a good way to fold Adam in. We'll let him sort of give his thoughts, and then um, and then we'll go oh, through the medal ceremony. I absolutely love that. All right. Um. All right, what an app! What a what a combo! I feel like we really got to a lot of the the narrative, you know, threads there, the threads of fate, yeah. and we really we really found out, we really talked about them, we really you know dissected them in a fun way. So I feel like I hope hope listeners like that. Yeah, I do too, and uh, yeah. yeah, love to hear from you. And um, yeah, and you you have an album coming out, right? Oh yeah, thanks. Um, I have an album come out yesterday. Um, it is a self titled album. It's called Feed Us, all caps. Uh, it'll be a little tough to find for a while because there's other feeds out there and we did just launched, so it's new. Um, but I'm going to put a link into our, um, into our thread here in the, into our bio. Um, so if you're, you're interested, it's a Halloween party album. So if you like to party and you like Halloween, um, it's a full album of, uh, instrumental electronic music, Halloween party songs. Um, cause my wife thought there wasn't enough of that out there. So I, <laughs> Very I made apt. it for her. Yeah. Very yeah. apt given we're talking about the uh, the season of the witch here in Star Wars. Yes. So this is yeah. it's awesome that you're providing that this uh, to Halloween parties yeah. all around the globe. So uh, or the you know the country that's great. 
Yeah, and there'll be a YouTube uh, video that that's going to be a it'll be a music video for the whole album. Uh, oh, cool! That my wife did. Uh, oh, very. So you can just throw it on a TV, turn the volume up, and um, instant Halloween party. Um, and uh, I'm proud of it. It was a collaboration with uh, one of my musical heroes in Boston, uh, Nick Z, aka Zizza. And uh, yeah, nice. Um, so it's great. I'm real proud of that album. Uh, hopefully, you'll start hearing it. Congrats, again, man! Uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, thanks very much, man. Appreciate it. All right, we will talk to you next week on another edition of Cartoon Chronicles.